This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What? Yeah. No, I'm... Yeah, I'm behaving myself. I'm, no, I'm not playing in abandoned buildings. What? Again? Now. I suppose you had those people follow me again. Fine. Hey. This is Jimmy Farrell from Monty and the Farrell, and I want to thank all our subscribers. We have now passed 14,000 on our YouTube channel. But I wanna ask our subscribers to take the next step for us and become a full-fledged member of Monty and the Pharaoh. Yeah, that's right, folks. There's three different levels to choose from. There's free shirts. There's free autographs. Just check it out and become a member of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. Later. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestle broadcast, Monty and the Farrow, only seen here out of Indie Music TV. Farrow, what up? The hits keep coming. We've got the great, great Mr. Ken Patera on the line. But before we get to him, Johnny Rods yesterday. Yeah. Johnny Rods, who I wanted to ask yeah. Ken about. Uh, to Ken about. Sure. But um, a couple of things from the interview. Okay. Nancy Argentino, what are your thoughts about that? With the whole thing with Johnny saying that Dark Side of the Ring's a bunch of shit. I believe Johnny. I mean, Johnny was was not too pleased with the uh, misinformation. Well, that's for shit, sure. And then later on, I found out that Nancy's sister yeah. was married to Eddie Mansfield. Just weird. That's just, I mean, that's just buggy. I don't know. I uh, mean, you know, weird. when we get to talk to people like Johnny Rods or Ken mm-hmm. Patera, it brings us back to our youth. Yep. And, uh, yeah. you know... These guys are such an integral part of our lives because we loved wrestling that much. Told you, I got chills listening to that on playback because it's Johnny Rods from that special time period. I don't want to hold up Ken, so I want to introduce the star of the show, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Hello. Ken could hold both of us up. What are you talking about holding up Ken? Dude, that that guy's still in great shape. Still in great shape. I know. Unbelievable. I'd like to thank the band that sings the theme song for Monty and Farrow, our own Jimmy Farrow, along with his partner, Bart Griggs. Make up the band with Stereo Hall. With Stereo Hall sings such great songs as In My Dreams, This Life Not Far Behind. Here Comes the Rain. Okay. Okay? Okay. Bart, man! (laughs) 
and the theme song riding high for Monty okay. Deferro. Please go to the Wisteria Hall YouTube page here, like and subscribe. Yeah. Go to Spotify, yeah. Apple Music, or Reverb Nation and download music. Yeah, go there too. Right, wherever yeah. you can get it. How are your well, downloads going, okay? I, like, I pay attention. I'll have to check with Borkman. You need to check. Uh, yeah, I'll ask him. Monty and the Pharaoh can be seen on the Monty and the Pharaoh YouTube page. with over 2 million views. The Facebook Live uh, page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Twitch TV, Channel 115. These are new times. Okay. Um, on cable, right? Right, which, uh, guess what? I don't know. I got the wrong time. Oh, no. I got the wrong time, so I'm not going <laughs> to say you? it. I didn't Catch us on it. cable. Catch us on cable. <laughs> Three times a week if you had enough of our ugly mugs. All right. We'll be right back with the legend superhero, an American hero, really. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right? An Olympic hero, uh, an American a, hero. Pan-American gold medal uh, winner. Yeah. Intercontinental champion. Yeah. Yeah. Everything he did he ever, ever tried to do, he won. Yeah. American hero. World's strongest man, and in my opinion, the greatest uh, beginnings of the of the bad guy holding the Intercontinental title, which led to our Morocco and Valentine stuff. Ken Patara. Right after this message, it's going to be the world's strongest interview from our sponsor. And Nitro's Garage for all your automotive needs. Call 646-675-2349. That's 646-675-2349. For all your automotive needs, Nitro's Garage, ask for Jack. In the mood for a freshly roasted cup of coffee? www.offtherailscoffeeroasters.com <laughs> oh, what's up, Mike? Hey, Jimmy, what's going on? Yeah, not that much. You know, Jimmy, I love this country. Oh. I love to buy Made in America material. And I love to buy my artwork at TAG, T-A-A-G, Made in America, 14 East Broadway, Port Jefferson, New York, 11717, the shop at the corner. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestle broadcast, Monty and Farrell, only seen here out of Indie Music TV, straight out of Ronkonkoma, Long Island, where we have the honor and privilege for having on the show for the second time, yeah. Mr. Ken Patera. Ken, how are you, hey. buddy? Hey, good. Good. How are you guys doing? Hanging in there, man. I talked to you during the week. Uh, you, how's your health? You, you, you're feeling good? You look good? How's everything going? Magnificent. How old are you now, Ken? Uh, well, this Sunday I'll be uh, seventy-nine. Seventy-nine. Happy yeah. birthday, Mister Patera. Do you do you enjoy uh, birthdays, or uh, you kind of like uh, want to go by? A bunch of my friends are having a birthday party for me uh, on uh, Saturday, and. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought I had them convinced last year not to hold any more birthday parties because, you know, it's just another another reason to get drunk. <laughs> I was going to ask, you going to have some beer there for your birthday or are you going to behave? Huh? You going to have some beer for your birthday or are you going to behave? No, no. You're well, not, not well, going to behave? I quit drinking. <laughs> I, uh, that's it. All right. What are you weighing right now? Too much. That's why I quit drinking. <laughs> All right, so at what weight do you have to be that you can go back to enjoying a little beer here and there? Oh, 240, 250. And how close are we to 240, 250? <laughs> Long way. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I want the fans to know out there, we were speaking about cholesterol and everything else, right? You're, your cholesterol is spotless, right? You were saying everything's really pretty good, so that's great. I've never had a health problem. Wow. God bless. Wow. The only problem I've had is with my joints, you know, from all the heavy weightlifting and uh, wrestling. You know, I did, you combine those two, I did that stuff for 40 years. Mm. Yeah. So let, let me ask you this. 
No, like I, you know, you told me you have a, a decent amount of back pain. If you could do it all over again, would you still have been an Olympic weightlifter, or maybe you would have went a different route? No, no, I, I still would have been an Olympic weightlifter. Yeah, you know, my, I had three older brothers that played football. Two of them in the NFL, and. Uh, you know, people ask me, don't you wish you would have played pro football like your brothers? I says, no. I says, I was too big, too strong, and too mean. <laughs> I would have hurt all those guys. I would have ended a lot of careers. Well, you know, speaking of that, I saw you on the uh, Territories uh, program a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. Let me ask you something, and I don't know. Do you not like Greg Gagne? You look like you wanted to jump over the table and rip his throat out. I was like, man, uh, Patera looks pissed off. Well, he pissed me off. Yeah, we did that. Uh, when did we do that? Back in uh, March or April down in Atlanta. And uh, uh, on the way down there, you know, we, we both live in uh, Minnesota. And so we, uh, they booked us on the same flight. And he said some off-color jokes. And uh, which kind of pissed me off. And so the next day down in Atlanta... Some of that stuff bubbled up. Had nothing to do with uh, us being in the wrestling business. But, uh, yeah, just one of those things. It was, was the off-color stuff towards you or just in general about politics yeah. or something like that? No, towards me. Because well, I kind of felt like it, and I don't want to get too deep into it, but I kind of felt like that because, you, you know, obviously that whole McDonald's bullshit – is a very sensitive subject, and I felt like he was taking shots at you, and I was like, damn, dude. And it looked like you were really getting pissed off at him about that. That fucking Jimmy Brunzel was the worst. Uh Uh-oh. And and then Medusa, that douchebag jumps in. (laughs) You know, what the hell? She wasn't even in the business uh, when that. I think she was in grade school when, when all that shit went down. Yeah, she doesn't have a clue what happened. Yeah, that's for sure. But I, I forgave them because they're ignorant and stupid and, you know, you know how it is. Well, who who would have known that Brunzel used to, was a big pill dealer too? That was that was a little shocking what? news for me. Really? Oh, he, yeah, he, he he was a pharmacist. He, <laughs> wow. He always, he always had a. Well, you, you know, 90% of that stuff was legal back in those days. Yeah, that he was talking about. Nowadays, uh, you, you'd be hard to, like Quaaludes, they stopped making those, what, in, uh, God, I don't remember, 80, no, it was before that. Well, Ken, Kenny, did you ever take Quaaludes? Because I never took them, but I heard they were pretty wicked. No. No, I, I never, I never took Quaaludes. By the time I found out about Quaaludes, they had outlawed them. Hmm. They, they stopped making them. But uh, I, I took some stuff that uh, Halcyon. You ne- remember about Halcyon? No, never heard of it. Uh, there were little pills that were shaped like little houses. Okay. Yeah, that's why uh, the Halcyon gimmick. But uh, I wasn't much of a pill guy. And, uh, you know, I, I basically, I didn't smoke pot maybe three times in my life. Okay. And, uh, uh, but I was a beer guy. I, I drank my beer. You know, I, I, I remember times that, I'd be in a uh, room with five, six, seven guys, you know, and I, I was so, well, I, I think everybody drank beer, 
but shit, they were doing the other stuff, and Roddy Piper came in, and uh, but I remember that Roddy Piper comes in the room. Buddy Rose is there. Buddy Rose had just sent out for uh, uh, an eight eight ball of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. So about half an hour later, after uh, uh, when Piper comes in, Buddy says, "Well, don't leave. I I just ordered an eight ball." And uh, uh, Robbie's eyes lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> And about, I'm not kidding, 15, 20 minutes later, here's a knock on the door. Wow. Sure enough, sure enough. This was in, uh, man, uh, somewhere in New Jersey. Okay. They, and, they deliver uh, faster than a pizza place. Nice. It's impressive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jeez. Anyway, anyway, this guy comes in. Piper, uh, uh, or uh, Buddy, Buddy Rose takes uh, eight ball, gives the guy 650 bucks, I think. Uh, whatever it was. It's too expensive back then. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, wow. What is it now? I don't know. I don't do it now. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm thinking es- about back in those days. I thought I thought es- it was like half that es- much. Es- wow. Escania and Brunzel. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're the wrong people yeah. are talking. We gotta. By the way, Ken, were you by any chance like also getting pissed at Greg Gagne because he has tennis legs and he was the son of Vern and he's got got away with quite a bit of a push in his career? Or, or am I wrong about that? No. No, that didn't bother me because I knew the business. Yeah. Okay. And uh, okay. I knew Greg. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I was in the 72 Olympic Games over in Munich, Germany, Vern uh, brought the whole family over there. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, Greg, uh, uh, after I competed in the Olympics, a couple days later, we... Uh, uh, Greg says, are you going to go anywhere here in Europe? I says, yeah. Go jump on a train and not even pay attention. And so that he says, can I come along? I says, yeah. And so we uh, went out and, uh, to the train uh, station, got on a train headed for... Uh, uh, where in the hell were we going? Uh, uh, where in the hell? Uh, we were going to Austria, Vienna. So that uh, Vienna was our first stop. And uh, we got off there and stayed there a night. And uh, we went down, found a casino, lost all our money. Oy. <laughs> No, we didn't. But anyway, then uh, the next morning we get up and we went over to uh, Czechoslovakia, over to uh, Bratislava. And uh, uh, we get off the train and we're standing there in the uh, uh, terminal. Uh, This girl comes up to me. She was a reporter during the Olympic Games, and she she looked just like Sophia Loren. Ooh! I I am not kidding. Wow! Yeah! Wow! Wow! Yeah. yeah. So I I she introduces me. I introduce uh, Greg to her and myself, and she says, "Where are you guys staying?" I said, uh, "We haven't made reservations yet." And she says, wow, there's not very many rooms around here. So the first night, we wound up staying at a resort uh, about 30 miles out of town. It's the only room we could get. So uh, she says, uh, uh, my parents are in town, so I can't have you over to the our apartment. But uh, she gives me her phone number. When you guys get back, uh, tomorrow from that resort call me and I'll give you some sightseeing uh, tours so that's what we did next day we got back we called her and, uh, God she was nice but 
the thing is, her her uh, parents were in town. <laughs> Boy, that's a real PG ending. Anyway. <laughs> hey, Ken, Patrick Rowe fan out there wants to know who's the funniest guy you knew in wrestling. Ooh. Oh, there was two of them. It was a toss-up. Bobby the Brain Heenan and Baron Von Raschke the Claw. Baron Von Raschke had a sense of humor? Really? Oh, God. Interesting. Yeah, he did ban you all day long. He'd have you in stitches. Yeah, yeah. What do you have, like, uh, a when you say deadpan, what do you have, a dry humor? Because Bobby, Bobby was over the top. Yeah. What was he like, the opposite approach, but just as effectively funny? Exactly. Nice, nice. Exactly. Get a load of that. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to... Ken, I'm sorry. I wanted to ask you. Last night, we uh, on Monty and the Pharaoh, we we really had an amazing flashback to our childhood. We were fortunate enough to speak to the unpredictable Johnny Rods last night. I wanted oh, to, really? yeah. Oh my God, it was so great. It was like when we had had you in previously, or when we got to speak to Bob Backlund. Being that we grew up in the early '80s, you know, this yeah. you guys were the kings. So I wanted to ask uh, your your opinion on uh, the unpredictable one, Johnny Rods. Oh, he was a great friend. I wish uh, uh, I would have been able to uh, hang out with him more. Uh, uh, him and his wife, uh, I think her name was Ellen. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, my wife, I'd have her come up uh, once in a while up to the New York area. And we go out and have dinner and stuff. And uh, yeah, uh, Johnny was a great guy. Uh, because we're on, you know, the wrestling business, you won't always be in the same town. You might be two, three hundred miles apart. So we could never really get together that much. But we we did manage. And, uh, yeah, Johnny, I, I, I really liked him. Yeah. Okay. Want to ask you about... Okay, you know what? I'm going to change this question around just a little bit. You know, being an uh, you know an Olympic hero, uh, weightlifting accomplishments, pro wrestling accomplishments. Can you describe the difference in elation between when you won the Pan American Games to the elation of your greatest moment in the ring as a professional wrestler? What do, what do those both feel like, and are they similar in any way? Uh, well, I guess uh, just a minute. Hold on. I hope he's not getting a beer. No. Okay. Not he, said, he said he wasn't going to. Oh, I'm getting a pinch. <laughs> Uh-oh. Hey. Copenhagen. Oh, oh, there we go. Okay. Okay. But, yeah, I'm going to turn the volume up here. Okay. Is the volume better? You it's sound good. fine, you Ken. Sound fine. You sound good. Okay. Anyway, uh. The difference between uh, weightlifting and uh, wrestling? Yeah, like when you won the Pan American Games, you know, you got the gold, the, that elated yeah. feeling. Uh, can you can Does it even compare to, like, you know, winning, like, you know, your greatest moment of pro wrestling? Is the elation the level the same? I would figure it can't be, but I was just curious. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll compare uh, the Pan American Games, which was uh, in Kelly, Columbia. Uh, you can get some good cocaine down there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even do quaaludes. How come you know every place to get coke? Yeah, yeah. This is confusing. Well, this 1971. <laughs> I, I read it in the history book. Uh, okay. And, uh, okay. The, uh, I won four gold medals. Yes. In the Pan American Games. Yes, yes. Can you hear me? Yes. We can hear you. Can you hear us? I wonder what the hell. Uh-oh. Did he hit mute? He might hit your mute button. You're okay. We can hear you, <laughs> If Ken. he hit his mute button, he can't I hear us. I don't know. We can hear you, brother. You're good. I, I can barely hear you. Hold on. All right. Man, look at that. Look at that. What is that, like a thousand pounds he's lifting uh, in that picture we're looking at over uh, there? It looks like what do we got Lord. there. That's a... Big amount of weight right That's there. That's a hernia waiting to happen. About five The size of this guy, man. Holy cow. It's ridiculous. Beast. He was the best. He was also the best 
first bad guy into Continental Champion. He rocked. He really did. I remember he used to start to pull his pants down, and everybody would whistle. He'd get mad. Then he'd pull that, him back up. Better? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you you're sound good. good, Ken, as long as you can hear us. I don't know why my... Can you maybe turn your volume up a little bit? I Ooh. can. Hold on. Let's see. How's that, Ken? That's the same. Well, we'll... We'll wing it. I can't hardly hear you, but that's all right. We can talk louder if you want. Yeah. All right, that's what we'll do. Okay, so anyway, uh, the weightlifting, the Pan American Games in 71 and the uh, Olympic Games in 1972, and then uh, there were th three World Weightlifting Championships. Uh, before, uh, prior to that, I, uh, uh, one was in uh, Warsaw, Poland in 69. Then in 1970 was uh, Columbus, Ohio. And then uh, the following year, uh, we were in Lima, Peru uh, for the World Weightlifting Championships. Then, then a couple months later, of course, we went to uh, the Pan American Games in Cali, Colombia. But uh, you know, those those countries at that time were so poor that they barely had facilities for us. And uh, I mean, it was real, really bad. But it didn't matter. I I won all of them anyway. And turned down some great cocaine. You did well. Ken, I wonder what the hell's wrong with this fucking phone. <laughs> oh, this Hold on. Us. Are you there? Oh, he's there all right. All right. Well, scream into it and ask him the next hey, question. Hey, Ken, are you, you okay to hear us now? I'm going to try to throw you a question if you're ready. I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't know. I can hardly hear you. Can you hear us now? Gotta love live, How's this? live TV. <laughs> How's this, Kenny? That's the same. Wow. You want me to hang up and call you right back? Yeah. Yeah, do that. All right, yeah, let's, let's try, try that. that. Huh? We'll be right yeah. back after these uh, messages, folks. We'll see you in a sec. Yeah, he's. And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. That's right, folks. Canine Corral. For all your dog daycare and overnight care, call 631-549-1544. That's 631-549-1544. Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No. I mean, I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental. Long Island, New York, 631 Nine hundred dump. Hmm. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV, where we have the icon, Mr. Ken Patera. The audibly clear Mr. Ken Patera. Hey, go. Ken! Yes! Do you see that? He's right there. He's Ken, right there. I, I got... Let's move on, my friend. I want to ask you, uh, you know, in the business, obviously, Ivan Putski has got this uh, not-so-great reputation. He'd like being very difficult uh, behind the scenes. Is there any truth to that, and how was he with you? Well, you know, I got along with everybody, but Ivan Putski was uh, really a prick. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he thought his shit didn't stink. Polish prick, huh? Yeah, he looks. He I, looks. I didn't even recognize him. You know, we were talking about age. He looks. I didn't recognize he him. He looks like he's a hundred years old. Yeah, well, he might be. You know, he's a Polak. <laughs> you, 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 you never know. <laughs> oh my God! So you know, there was. 
There was nothing real to Putski, huh? Because I tell you, as a 12-year-old mock sitting on my couch, I thought to myself, look at the size of this guy. I mean, yes, he was short, but I, he was just a stack of muscles. I figured he was tough. So much for that, huh, Ken? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Illusion <laughs> shattered. <laughs> I, I, I took a cab with him somewhere a couple of years ago. God, I said he looked like Mr. Mag- uh, Mr. Magoo. <laughs> You know, and, uh, he, uh, oh I don't think he. I don't think he weighed 150 pounds. Wow. Yeah, 160 pounds. Wow. Is that yeah. was that was that pure? Just like let's cut to the chase. Was that just pure steroids going on there during his uh, deal? What's the story? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was loaded up on steroids. He, and, he shriveled uh, up like he shriveled up like a raisinette. In your in your opinion, was he as over as he thought he was? He was pretty over. Uh, he was over. Yeah. yeah. yeah he was pretty over. Yeah, but uh, he was. Uh, you know, especially in the uh, uh, communities that had a lot of uh, Czechs and Polacks and uh, <laughs> Swedish Killing and you. Norwegian people, you know. Okay. But, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was over, sure. All right, Ken, here's where the fun starts, all right? Oh, oh boy. Listen, okay. growing up, being in the Northeast, right, mm-hmm. there, were, there were two guys from the AWA, Ventura and Adonis, which I just totally gravitated to. Oh, yeah. Right? And we actually had Adonis's daughter on maybe about two years ago. That's about and right. She and re- uh-huh. she recently wrote me and said, due to her being on our show, Dark Side of the Ring is going to do in their next episodes uh, one on Adrian Adonis just off of our interview. So that that was, you know, obviously made us pretty happy. Of course. Sure. Yeah. But may I ask you this? How was Adrian personally? Did you like him? Did he uh, did his repu- yeah. reputation? He had a pretty bad reputation as being a uh, a bully. What what was his deal? No, he wasn't a bully around me. I I liked Adrian. We got along Real well, we shared rooms together uh, when we were on the road uh, with the WWF. Yeah, no, I, I, Adrian was good. As a matter of fact, uh, him and his wife were uh, moving back to uh, California from uh, Minneapolis, and uh, he couldn't get any. Everybody was uh, working that day, so I went over and helped him load up a trailer uh, out of. Uh, uh, little apartment they had it was on the second floor so all their shit had to come from the second floor down to the down to the driveway and uh, yeah I spent half a day uh, helping him uh, load his stuff up so they could go back to California Bakersfield I think right yeah Bakersfield California so yeah, I didn't know. I, I, I helped uh, Adrian. As a matter of fact, talking about cocaine, I know you guys <laughs> like to talk about cocaine. Yes, we do. Thank you. Now, hold on. i gotta put. I got to put down my straw first. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you used a hundred dollar bill like everybody else. Yeah, well, Mike was Mike was looking for that earlier. Don't, don't give away my trade secrets. Yeah, Come on, right. man. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, Adrian and I were sharing a room at the Howard Johnson's Motor Inn out there by the Pittsburgh Airport. Oh. And so... Hojo's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, those still existed back in those days. Right, right. And uh, so anyway, Adrian says, uh, uh, I, for some reason, I wasn't working that night. I don't know why in the hell... Uh, I don't know what the hell happened there. But anyway, uh, he says he had, his cousin was coming down from uh, Buffalo, New York with a birthday present. And uh, uh, he was hoping that he'd get there by 6 o'clock because he had to go down uh, town to Pit, downtown Pittsburgh to the arena. And so... <clears throat> He, I said, what's your present? <laughs> well, he's, 
bringing me a two-eight ball. <laughs> it's the word again. I said, I said really? Jesus. <laughs> and uh, so Adrian and uh, Hot Rod, uh, Roddy Piper. Roddy again. Yeah. Roddy again. Okay. But, but anyway, uh, uh, yeah, Piper and uh, Adrian were two of the worst abusers of that cocaine. Mm. And so anyway, uh, when uh, Piper, or uh, uh, when Adrian got back from the wrestling matches, he said, did my cousin make it? I said, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, Where's it at? Where's it at? And I says, it's in the bathroom. So he goes in there and cracks it open. And then uh, we, uh, where in the hell were, we were going down to the bar. So he puts it, instead of bringing it with, with us, he took the two eight balls and put it up into the ceiling. You know those uh, ceiling uh, yeah. panels. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, he he disconnects the ceiling panel, puts them up in there, and then we uh, we went down to this bar. We were down there for about two hours. We get back about one o'clock in the morning, and he goes, uh, "What did I do with that cocaine, Ken?" Uh, I said, "Well, you put it up in the." Uh, ceiling uh, panel up there in the bathroom so he goes up there and he doesn't reach back far enough and he goes fucking bananas <laughs> and he punches out three or four of those tiles and still couldn't find it so now he's out in the hallway tearing the fucking ceiling panel out of the hallway I said Adrian he probably didn't reach back far enough. He thought somebody had come in there and stole his cocaine. Right, knowing it was and, in the knowing it was in the ceiling. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what a nut. And, and so, so anyway, I went in there, and uh, I I had a chair. I looked up in there, and there it was. <laughs> so I said, Adrian, it's right here on the ledge. He. He was so fucking strung out, <laughs> fucking boozed up and everything. Uh, yeah, I said, here it is, right here, right where you you put it. He said, oh, I mean, he was sweating like a fucking pig. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I, I got it out of the ceiling uh, for him, and uh, we sat down and uh, then his uh, buddies, he came down with two buddies from uh, uh, Buffalo, and they, they, they wanted to leave and get back to Buffalo. It was already like 1 o'clock in the morning. So they took off. Unreal. Adrian says, you want a line? Uh-oh. I says, I'll do one. Well, he lays out a fucking line <laughs> that was equivalent to about four. <laughs> And I said, holy shit, Adrian, I'm not going to do all that. So he takes the $100 bill, gets it all rolled up, and he nails that whole fucking thing. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God. I said, you start that shit like Piper does. <laughs> and he starts laughing. And uh, because Piper did that to me, I, I, I had a couple lines about four or five inches long. Uh, down in uh, New York one night. So after the matches, they, they all came back, you know, and he, Piper, I said, Piper, you want a line? He says, yeah. And well, here, here, I laid out a line that three guys could hit on. <laughs> so he, <laughs> he gets it first. He takes the whole fucking thing down. I said, holy shit, Rowdy. <laughs> Damn. You know, I first met Rowdy uh, when he was 16 years old. I, I met him up in uh, Winnipeg, Canada. And uh, he was breaking in. Uh, he was working for the, uh, well, let's back up a minute. He was 
he needed a place to live. And uh, so he was talking to uh, Al Tomko. He was the local promoter up in Winnipeg. So Tomko says, well, you can stay over at the gym. He had a little cot in the back there. So Piper, 16 years old, he said, this is what I need you to do. You need to sweep this place out every day and, you know, keep it looking nice. Uh, that's what That was Piper's first job. And uh, so he kept it nice and neat and everything. And that was way before he drank or did drugs. And uh, so, uh, I, and he uh, would take the, uh, he'd come out to the ring there in Winnipeg and take back the, uh, uh, you know, apparel that guys were wearing to and from the ring. And uh, they pass out towels in the locker room. So he, he was a good kid. I don't know what happened to him. I, I saw him three, four years later. Uh, somewhere, God, he was all wound up. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think that all that cocaine use eventually led to his demise at such a young age? Good question. Uh, yeah, that is a good question. I, if he had a weak heart, it probably did, but I, I don't know of him, uh, you know, having a heart problem mm. because he died in his sleep. You know. Yeah, that's what I heard. Mm. It couldn't have helped. I'm thinking logically. It just couldn't have helped having all that cocaine, uh, you know, right. r ripping well, into his heart. There's a lot of guys that did a lot of drugs. Sure, uh, sure. Like, uh, I don't know if uh, Ultimate Warrior, mm. I don't know if he did uh, uh, cocaine, but he did a lot of other drugs. Right. Right. And, uh, yeah, so, and, and he was younger than Piper. What was he, 56? He was a young man. Yep. A young man. He was young. Yeah, in his 50s. Yep. So, yeah. let's so. turn the subject to Jesse Ventura, right? I grew up as a huge Jesse Ventura fan, right? Navy SEAL, governor. Yeah. But when when did Jesse become such a liberal and... What are your thoughts on Jesse Ventura as a human being, his politics... You know, I was listening to an interview with Hulk Hogan, and obviously those two had problems for a very long time, but Hogan claimed that Jesse was just full of shit all the time, and he's just a, a constant liar. Yeah. What, is, what is Ken Patera's thought on former Governor well, Jesse Ventura? I, I invited him to my birthday party last year. Okay, so you're good fan, big, big, good yeah. friends with him. Yeah, we've been friends for, I don't know, 30 years. So, I, I mean, I don't have any problem with Jesse, except I do have a problem. Yesterday, he uh, endorsed uh, the uh, governor for, uh, from Minnesota, uh, Walls. His name is Walls. Okay. And uh, uh, Jesse gave him a big uh, endorsement right on TV. You know, the, 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 this guy's a fucking, oh, he's a shit. <laughs> he, he ran uh -oh. Minnesota right, right into the ground the last four years. Mm. But you're, you're a staunch Republican, though, right? And he's a yes, big-time liberal. How do you guys get along at all? Well, it, it happens. <laughs> just, don't talk, just don't talk a lot of politics. Right, right. With each other, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah. Who's more full of shit, Hogan or Ventura? Oh, probably Ventura. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah because Ventura says whatever's on his mind. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck about anything. You know, I wanted to ask you, with Jesse's crazy, wild conspiracy theories, is he just working all of us? Does he really believe half the things he says are, you know, conspiracies? I think I think he believes everything he says. Wow. So he's not working us. Very interesting. Do you, do you, no. do you, Hogan claims that okay. he used to go to Plato, Ventura used to go to Plato's retreat, sorry, <laughs> and him and his wife used to do a lot of swinging. Did you hear about that, or is that a bullshit story? Yeah, that's true. Really? Wow. As far as I know, okay. I don't know if they did any swinging. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they, they'd go there and... You know what they do there? They take all their clothes off and 
jump in a swimming pool or whatever they do over there. I I've never been there. Well, let me ask you this: when you were when you were in the WWE in the late seventies, early eighties, did you ever hit Studio Fifty Four or any of those clubs? Yeah, I did. Can you tell us some Studio Fifty? I'm 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 on a Studio Fifty Four yeah, kick right what now. What was that? Can place you tell like? us some stories oh about God. your time in Studio Fifty Four? Yeah, yeah. My wife was in town at the time, and we were wondering what what we were going to do that night. And about five o'clock in the afternoon, I get a phone call from Vince McMahon, and uh, Vince was uh, wondering if. Uh, I could take them, uh, take uh, the wizard, he was my manager at the time, and him uh, down to Studio 54. I says, yeah, I guess I can. I've never been there. But uh, he says, well, with your blonde hair and everything and who you are, they'll let us in. And I said, well, shit, I don't know about that. Uh, so anyway, we go down there. The four of us go down there. My wife mm-hmm. and myself, the wizard, and uh, Vince. So we're standing outside. And uh, uh, Vince keeps to the, Vince says, go up to the door. Talk to the doorman. Tell him who you are. So I went up there, and the guy knew who I was right away okay and this is the kicker he was playing defensive back for the seattle seahawks wait a minute your brother your brother's coaching them at that time right yeah exactly wow (laughs) wow you're in what a a kicker that was sure sure and uh he says you're ken you're jack pater's brother (laughs) wow he says, you know, we have a problem here tonight, Ken. This is a private party tonight. And so all these people in this big line here, none of them are going to get in mm-hmm. because we don't have tickets for anybody. I says, ah, oh, shit. I said, I got the, the promoter here, Vince McMahon, my manager, my wife. Well, here, let, let me see what I can do. There's four of you? I said, yeah. So he goes in, a couple minutes later, comes out with four tickets. Wow. And he says they're $75 a piece. Or no, $50 a piece. So I give him 200 bucks, And uh, I went back and told Vince, I said, here, we got the four tickets. We're going in. And I told him, then when we got in, I told him, this is a private party in here tonight. All those people out there on the sidewalk, which were thousands. Wow. Thousands of people. And uh, he said none of those people are getting in unless they have a special ticket for this mm. party. And the place was jammed. I mean, just jammed. So now we're out on the dance floor. And Vince wants to go upstairs in the balcony. And uh, I said, What? And uh, so uh, the Grand Wizard, my manager, he says, Vince, you don't want to go up there. And he said, why not? He says, there's just shit going on up there. <laughs> you know, everybody is uh, up there smoking pot, and snorting cocaine, popping pills. And uh, half, he said half, half of them are queer. And so you know what, what they're doing up there. And Vince said, oh, God, I didn't know that. (laughs) And I I had heard, you know, uh, what goes on up there. So we're standing by the dance floor. We never did get a table. And uh, we're standing by the uh, dance floor. I'm going over about every 15 minutes and getting uh, drinks. Uh, And, uh, God, I couldn't believe it. I went over there. I said, uh, I, I got a scotch and water whoever got the other stuff, you know, so I got all the drinks. So the, the bartender, he, he puts, fills that glass up right to the, uh, damn near to the brim with scotch and puts a squirt of uh, water in there. <laughs> <laughs> I said, fuck, that's, that's uh, uh, the way I like it. <laughs> there you go. So basically it was straight scotch. I had four of those and, uh, 
and then Vince is out there on the dance floor, boogie woogie with my wife, and he thinks he's a great dancer, you know. And so he's out there uh, dancing with her, and she wanted to dance too, so. And uh, I had a bum knee, and so I, I didn't want to dance. So, uh, and then uh, they get back uh, to the sidelines there. We were just standing along the dance floor. So here the Grand Wizard lights up a, a marijuana cigarette. Nice. The wizard. Yeah, but right there on the dance floor. The wiz. The wizard yeah. waving waving his marijuana wand. Okay. Yeah, right. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So uh, he asked my wife if she wants some. Wow. So she, she took a toe. Okay. And then uh, Vince, uh, you know, he took a toe. Vince took a toe? And, uh, so, yeah, wow. they passed that. We're, talk, uh, we're talking were... senior, though, right? Not junior. No, junior. No, this is junior. Oh, this is junior. That's okay. It's just not senior. Junior. Yeah, junior. Well, senior would never do that. No, I can't see that either. So Vince McMahon Jr. has no issue with marijuana? Is that what you're telling me? Fuck no, he doesn't. Fuck, he smokes all the what? time. Get the frig out of here. Wow. Yeah. Well, Ken, Ken, I got to ask you too. You got to clear this up because I got this image. Was the wizard with his turban and his glasses dancing on that floor? No. Okay, good. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't get it out of my head. Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. Oi. Right. Okay. Okay. So everybody got stoned from Wizard's Wand. Wow. Are you Are you wearing a pair of Capizios at this moment? Capizios. Do what? Are you wearing a pair of Capizios? That's it. That's a shoe. It's a type of shoe. I remember. No, I'm I'm just wearing my uh, slippers right now. Not no, right now. When you're at Studio 54. On the dance floor, Ken. What were you wearing? And don't tell me your wrestling boots. Oh, no. I just, uh, <laughs> I, I, I had a nice pair of uh, Italian leather shoes. Okay, okay. You know, they were about 250 bucks, I think, wow. at that time. Damn. They'd be a lot more than that now. But, uh, no, I, I'm dressed nice. I have a pair of slacks on and... Uh, a nice, nice shirt. Did it? And, did it feel like a legendary place when you were standing in it? I mean, do you appreciate it all these years later? Like, you know, you weren't just at any old club, you know. No, no, it was fantastic. Wow. I said, "Holy shit, this place is unreal." Excellent. It was an, it was an old uh, movie theater. Yeah, yeah. And what they did, they ripped all the seats out and leveled the floor off, mm. and uh, it was huge. And, uh, you know, they, they left in the balcony. And, uh, yeah, they had about 3,000 people in there. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, wanted to ask you, you had some uh, experience, obviously, with UWF. Did you have any dealings with uh, the uh, one in a cabillion, Herb Abrams? Yeah. Yeah, Herb. God, he was strung out. He was <laughs> It's another guy naked and covered in coke. This is crazy. Yeah. I see a pattern here, Ken. Yeah, a pattern? A pattern. Yeah, it seems to be a pattern with this wrestling yeah. business. Right, yeah. Yeah, back in those days, everybody did cocaine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was a big deal. And, uh, well, the law wasn't really uh, cracked down on uh, uh, cocaine at that time that much. Right, right. And, uh... So how? I'm sorry. How was how was Herb with you? I mean, did you ever see him uh, pull out the old white stuff in front of you? Like, what was it like dealing with Herb? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Blair uh, told me uh, uh, Herb would uh, uh, run a, a limousine for every show, and you know, so they, after the show they'd go. Uh, I I never went with them, but uh, Brian Blair and you know, five or six other guys would go with her, and, and they'd all be uh, snorting coke in the in the limousine. I I, I, mean, I I never seen him do it, but but I know that everybody was talking about it. You know. Did you, did you get so, pay, did uh, you get paid on time? Uh, you know, as far as business dealings with Herb, Herb yeah, was Herb was solid paid, with you. Got paid every day. There you go. There you go. Yeah. How I about? Never, go ahead. Never Never left the uh, wrestling hall. I think I only did two shows with him. Okay. Yeah, but I got paid every time. Yeah. How about I, your? 
I guess later on, uh, a lot of guys didn't get paid. Mm. That, from what I hear. Yeah. Well, luckily you missed that. You missed. You missed out hey, on Ken, that. Ken, I got a quick question from a fan. Um, he's asking, did you confront? It's B forty. Did you confront Gorilla for burying you? on commentary in 1988 for calling you old. I don't know about this, Oof. so... Um, Gorilla did that? I don't remember. You recall this, Ken? No, I don't recall that. Yeah, I, I don't remember that either. I figured you would have busted him one... Well, that is Gorilla. We probably... The Gorilla. Yeah, I'd probably have to talk to him off-camera to clear that one up. <laughs> it's, yeah. Oh, I, I don't remember Gorilla calling me old. Yeah, I, I'm not recalling. Not recalling. I don't recall either. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. Fair. No, that was a figment of that guy's imagination. Ah, gotcha. Okay. CB40 said imagination. Yeah. <laughs> Let's. Uh, let me ask you about your relationship with uh, you know another guy who left us too soon. How about uh, what can you tell us about Big John Stud? Oh, Big John. Well, he thought he was a giant. He thought he was. I thought he was pretty big, but I'm small. Well, here, let me tell you the story behind that. Okay. There's, a, there's a, about a six, seven-year story there. Oof, okay. I met John down in Atlanta, and he's a tall, skinny kid. He's about six, probably six, seven, six, six, something like that. How old is he at this time? Because I'm picturing John skinny, and I can't. How old was he at this point? Yeah, well, he was just out of the military. Okay, okay. Yeah, so whatever that would have been, I I, I, I don't remember. He's, he's young. Yeah. Okay. It would be uh, back around, when the hell was I down there? I was down there a couple times. It would be around 74, 75. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, so anyway, uh, he met, he met uh, Andre the Giant. He wanted to be a giant. Well, he met he meets this guy Larry Pacifico from uh, Dayton, Ohio, uh, who is a power lifter, and he uh, he dealt uh, in a lot of the steroids and human growth hormone and everything. So John hires uh, Larry Pacifico to write out a program for him, mainly for the drugs. So, uh, uh, John was probably about 270, 260 at the time. And then I, I went back to Minnesota to wrestle. Then I came back, and uh, John and I hooked up as tag team partners. And uh, that was, uh, you know, about a year before we cut Andre's hair. Ah. But, but anyway, John, I show back up. Instead of uh, a 6'6", six, six John Stud, there was a 6'5", whatever he had been. Now, now he's 6'11 and a half. Ooh. And now, and now he's like uh, 34, 35. I said, John. I said, is that you? Yeah, man. And then he starts telling me about Larry Pacifico getting him this human growth hormone and everything. Ooh. He said he grew five inches. Wow. On on that stuff. And he went from like two sixty to three sixty. Wow. Yeah. So he grows he gains a hundred pounds and grows five inches. How is that? How is that possible, Ken? Is it could that possibly have contributed to his early demise? How is that possible, especially the height part? I I know nobody. He he was in his mid thirties at the time. That's insane. Yeah, it is. That's crazy. But it's true. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So now he's a yeah. so now he's a giant. He used to think he was a giant, but now he he kind of is, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so he went from being a tall guy. A tall, skinny guy to mm. a fucking giant. Wow. And I said, John, I said, you better slow down on this shit. You know, the, you're, you're killing yourself. And he looked at me with a little disdain, you know. Oh, don't tell me what to do, you know. And I said, well, I'm just trying to help you out. And so next thing, uh, what the hell was I going to say? 
Oh, so anyway, uh, we had some great tag team matches. Oh, so when I give him a hot tag to come in, mm -hmm. within a minute, he turned purple. Mm. He would, I'm not kidding, he would turn purple. And I said, Jesus Christ, John, you're not getting any oxygen. Uh, uh, so uh, he says, yeah, I can't make long comebacks. I said, well, I'm not going to give you any long comebacks. I don't wanna, want you to die on me. So anyway, uh, yeah, we had uh, the, uh, the tag team matches that we did have. I, I do most of the work, you know. And I take the bumps and everything because, you know, giants don't take bumps. And uh, so anyway. So that's that stuff made him blow up. Yeah. Wow. Well, he ended up uh, passing away from, I think, liver cancer, right? Oof. Oof. Uh, was it liver cancer? It might have been. But mm -hmm. we were tag team partners down in uh, Mid-Atlantic uh, also. And uh, we were wrestling Blackjack, Molly Gun, and a variety of uh, uh, opponent, uh, Paul Jones, I think. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, yeah, so we uh, we had been tag team partners before the WWF, <laughs> you know, down down there. In, uh, but he was like 6'9 <laughs> at that time. And mm -hmm. then. A couple of years later, I see him up in New York. He's six eleven and a half. Jesus, it's crazy. It's crazy. Fuck? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, who knows how much of that stuff he was taking? Wow. And did Andre? Did Andre really hate him like they did? They said on those documentaries, or is that kind of fabricated? Well, Andre would get irritated with him, you know, because. The the main thing when Andre come to the ring, you know, he'd step over the top rope. Of course. And well, then Stud starts doing it. Oh, uh oh. Stud comes up to the ring and steps over the top rope, and all oh, that that set uh, Andre off. Did yeah? Did you see? Did you see them have a confrontation over that particular? Were you there for that? Uh, that that must have been pretty rough. Yeah, we were tag team partners. So does Andre come storming in and just get in his face? Because I can't see Stud, you know, being able to deal with Andre if Andre's mad. No, no, no. John, John would never confront Andre. Right. Shit, you kidding me? Right. Right. No fucking way. <laughs> All right, we're, we're almost out of time, so yep. I'm gonna hit you with this last question: uh -huh. Who was a greater powerlifter, the great Ken Patera or Mark Henry? That's a great. That's awesome. Well, I think Ken Patera. Why? Well, look in the record book. Whose name is in there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Military press. Over 500 pounds. Ken Patera. Uh, I, now, I, you know, I never followed Mark's uh, weightlifting career. But I, the guy uh, that trained him, uh, Terry Todd, uh, calls me one day back in the early 90s saying, Ken, I got this guy up in New York. Uh, I, I guess Mark might have been living down in uh, Georgia or Alabama at the time. Uh, and uh, he says, I got this kid. He's a giant. He's going to break all your weightlifting records. I said, well, God, thank God. I, I I broke all of Paul Anderson's records and uh, from the 50s and, uh, and then all mine, you know, in the uh, late 60s and early 70s. I said, records were meant to be broke. I, I said, I don't have no problem with that. But uh, I don't think, uh, I, I don't know if, uh, uh, he might have broke my snap. Well, I never did hold the snatch record. Uh, Bruce Wilhelm did. But uh, my clean and jerk record was 506. I don't know if Mark ever cleaned clean and jerk five, uh, 500. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He might have, but like I say, I never. Uh, you can find it easy enough on the internet. 
Well, let me put it this way. We like Ken Patera better than Mark Henry, so you are the greatest power lifter of all oh, time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I would think so. I would think so, too. Ken, have a happy yeah. birthday. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Have a wonderful weekend. Yeah. And uh, yeah. thank you for all you've done for the wrestling industry and its fans. Thank you, Mr. Patera. Thank you. All right. Thank we'll you talk guys. to you soon, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We will. You're most welcome. Thanks, Ken. Okay, bye-bye. Well, the great Ken Patera never fails. The guy guy could go on forever. And Johnny Rods all day long. As a wrestling fan, these last two days, am I, like, living a dream or something? Oh, my God. This is Johnny Rods and Ken Patera. Absolutely. This is great. Absolutely. I love Ken Patera. And I want to thank all the fans who keep supporting us and joining us. I hope you're enjoying these interviews. You guys mean the world to us. Yes. Again, I... I want to say one last thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in my convalescence, I want to thank Bruce from ESO for filling in. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, Bruce, you did Bruce. a wonderful job. Bruce, I think, is uh, going to start doing his own channel now. He might have the bug, oh, and we'll certainly okay. be supporting him. You so, see what Bruce, we did we gave somebody the bug? Absolutely, All he right. got the bug. He's got the bug. But thank you, everybody. Um, uh, thank you for everything, and thank we'll you. see you next Thursday, where we got the return of the Job Man, oh. former AWA jobber. There you go. Actually, wrestled the bear. He was on about a year ago or yep. so. Yep. And I want to yep. thank uh, Adrian Adonis's daughter for the kind words and uh, saying thank you to Monty and the Pharaoh. Thank you so much. All right, guys. This is Mike Monty. This is the Pharaoh, and until next week. Thanks for hanging with us as always, guys. Later.